welcome to Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Cameron Span. Uh, hi. <laughs> wow, that came out of nowhere. And Court wins it. Hello. Okay, this is part two because we were going to do this all in one nice episode all bundled together, and then we realized there was a lot more to talk about. So the episode before this, we went really heavy into social media and the impact it's had on the world. And I feel like Pinky in the Brain, it's like, take over the world and social media. So this one is going to be more about Elon, since Elon is the reason that the buzz is now X, formerly known as Twitter, and it's become X, kind of trying to... I was just trying to give you some background music. Oh, okay. Is that the mamas and the papas? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. (laughs) Trying to uh, kind of briefly touch on who Elon Musk is and Mm. why there's such a reaction to whatever Elon's doing, whatever Elon tweets. And, you know, I think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, what did Elon tweet today? Because that caused, you know, reactions around the globe. And people know that phrase, but do they really understand kind of what all he has his little hands in? I really wish that I were a more talented artist in terms of doing impressions of people because this really deserves to be read as though it were being read by Morgan Freeman. Because that's what I told the artificial intelligence people to write it. I said, write me uh, something about Elon Musk in the voice of Morgan Freeman. And so that's how they wrote it. But I am no good at doing impressions, so I can't really read it like Morgan Freeman would. But it says, the world's most famous billionaire is also its most eccentric. Elon Musk is a visionary entrepreneur who has changed the way we think about transportation, energy, and space travel. But he's also a man who's made headlines for his wild hair, his bizarre tweets, and his tendency to say whatever's on his mind. <laughs> it kind of sounds like when you're in the tram at Disney World, like something that would come over the loudspeakers, like you're entering Epcot or something. <laughs> this man has changed the world. Elon is, like you said, eccentric and just one of the most polarizing public figures. When he speaks, people listen. And I think they listen mainly to make fun of him. But I don't want to take away from the fact that he is a brilliant guy. Mm. He's over there creating rocket ships and he popularized the self-driving car and Mm. everything in between. Yeah. He started off doing software. That was his initial company was a software company. Um, He, you know, obviously he's probably most famous for the electric cars. Um, But uh, then now more recently, he's also bought Twitter and changed its name to X, as we've already mentioned in our previous episode. And he is also doing SpaceX. So he's basically putting together a rocket program so that NASA can keep flying people up into space and to the moon and potentially to Mars. Isn't he South African? He is. He was born in South Africa in 1971. He attended Queen's University in Canada, and then he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, Penn, so one of the one of the Ivies, where he earned a degree in physics and a degree in economics. I'm thinking that UPenn is one of the Ivies. It's always confused me because University of Pennsylvania sounds like it would be a state school, uh, and I think all the Ivies are private. Penn is one of eight private universities known yeah. as the Ivy League. See, it, don't second guess, baby. The name sounds sounds it, like it a sounds state school, state, doesn't yeah. it? Am I, I'm not crazy about that. Anyway, yeah, he went to Penn and um, graduated from Penn and then moved out to Silicon Valley. 
And now I think he's sort of had it with California and maybe moved to Texas, or at least uh, he's moved his businesses to Texas, that's for sure. Okay, so we're going to get into it. I mean, he's done it. a lot in his 52 years on this earth. Um, 52, yeah. He's including only... three divorces, three marriages, and now a partner. And two of those marriages and divorces were to the same person. Mm, that's, that's, that's an interesting little fact there. Some people are like, oh, I can't believe they got divorced and remarried. I could probably tell you that the only if I ever divorced my wife, who I love and adore and would never do it, but hypothetically, if I were <laughs> to ever divorce my wife, I think the only person that I would ever marry after divorcing my wife would be, would be your wife, again. wife. Yeah. yeah. She's the only person that I see being with uh, that could also put up with me. So <laughs> let's just talk about Elon and okay. kind of, you know, a little bit about him because people have heard his name. And again, I think that they know, oh, that's Elon Musk, but mm. they don't really understand everything he's involved in. I mean, and you hear that, okay, Bloomberg says that his net worth is $222 billion as of March 8th, 2023, mm-hmm. makes him the richest person in the world. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. He... So someone is richer than Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he surpassed Bezos. Of course, now Bezos got got a little hit when he, you know, a good his portion divorce. of his fortune <laughs> went to his wife, then ex-wife. But uh, but yeah, he's he's richer than Bezos. I mean, he's an intelligent guy. Uh, he strikes me as mildly awkward, maybe. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, a lot of the big tech guys are. Th- think about... I think um, of Sheldon Cooper when I think of Elon Musk a little bit. Yeah, think about Bill Gates. Super awkward. Mm-hmm. I think Bezos is kind of coming out of the awkward and he's like buff now. Mm. But when he first started, he was a nerd. They're all nerds yeah. that are shoved into the spotlight with billions of dollars. Yeah, it's, I'm, I know uh, my brother and then I think my dad, they always talk about like nerds will inherit the earth. And mm. it's, I mean, it's true. It's like all the things that are happening right now, all the technology, everything that's really booming, those are, you know, what you quote unquote consider the nerds. They're mm. the ones that are really being the innovators and making all these great changes. And I mean, it's technology. <laughs> Earlier today, I had to say my my technology is not working. I need help. Yeah, I need somebody to help me. I, I don't know that I like exactly how that frames me because I'm the one that ultimately <laughs> you helped, helped me. you. So apparently, I'm the nerd in the group. But anyway, I mean, um, if the shoe fits, shoe fits. Yeah, socially awkward, grumpy, technology driven. I guess I am a nerd. So um, Elon's uh, wealth comes from his ownership of Tesla mm-hmm. and twenty percent of Tesla. Yep. Tesla is now publicly traded. Uh, obviously, he held back a, a good portion of the shares of stock when he did the IPO. So, uh, you know, he still got a 20% stake in Tesla, and that's worth a lot of money, I'm sure. Especially yeah. because for a while there, Tesla stock prices were just going freaking crazy. I think yeah. they've come back to earth a little bit now, right? Yeah. Tesla? Yeah. yeah. I Tesla had a split. It's okay. not as crazy, which I mean, the thing is, is though, because you think about SpaceX and Tesla, those are still very new in a mm-hmm. mindset. And it's um, was having a conversation with somebody recently and they're like, oh, Tesla, you know, they're just in the electric car business. Well, Tesla, if you think about Apple, Apple used to be just a computer company and look at where Apple is now. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere you look. It is in so many different things. And so while Tesla is, yes, it's an electric car company, you know, wish we could fast forward in the future and look at where all is Tesla going to be. They're already developing self-driving technology. Obviously, there are a lot of companies that are out there doing that. But obviously, I think also that that, that sort of plays into this whole thing that we're in right now with AI. So I would expect that they're probably going to be 
be a big player in the whole AI sphere, uh, mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence moving forward. That's a big thing with tech companies. They all start as a computer company, a phone company, but then they become, at least in the past few years, they're all lifestyle companies. We've talked about this, like Apple. Now they have a stake in music and fitness and virtual reality. And so Tesla could be like in the colony business. I can see them like one day colonizing Mars or another planet. You yeah. know, it starts with a <laughs> spaceship. He founded Solar City, a solar energy company. And this one sounds kind of cool to me. Neuralink, a company that is developing brain computer interfaces. And then he also uh, co-founded OpenAI, the nonprofit research company that is working to ensure artificial intelligence, general intelligence benefits all of humanity. OpenAI, of course, famously is the company behind ChatGPT. So yeah, he's all up in that AI space. And then one thing that's not mentioned on my list here that is one of the ones that I'm kind of the most interested in is this web of satellites that he's putting up in space to provide, you know, satellite-based broadband, basically. Like, he's going to just have a net of, of satellites over us so that we all can have satellite web just beamed to us. And if he has the computer brain interface, then, hell, the web of satellites will just beam directly into our brains, and, and then Elon Musk will basically control us all. So ultimately, I think he's looking for world domination. Since my prediction that uh, FedEx was going to take over the world didn't pan out, I'm thinking that it's going to be Musk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of this show. (laughs) The thing is, you think about it is Elon's thing right now is obviously electric cars. Well, electric cars can't be everywhere because there's not the infrastructure for people to be able to charge their vehicles. There's not the charging stations. Yes, they're popping up so much more so than they were, you know, say, five years ago, but he's got to be a part of how is he going to get all these electric stations in these different areas? How is he going to make sure that all these communities have this available so that then they can have these self-driving cars, these electric cars? I have a a neighbor who has a Tesla and um, he says the self-driving thing is great, but what I didn't realize that is he's got it where he pretty much It'll just take them to work and take them home. Mm. But it has sensors available that you've got to, you know, make sure you have a hand on the wheel and that you're not allowed to just completely just sit there. And it will actually shut down if you don't have your hand on the steering wheel. So there are safety features. And I know that there's a whole safety team associated with that because then, what was that movie that came out? Upload? Or the TV show Upload? Amazon? Yeah. Um, and it's about the self-driving car and that they got in a wreck and he died. And then you can live in your afterlife through like uploading memories. Or yeah. Something. That's that, a great was, show. Yeah. It was a really good show. We talked about how Elon is a polarizing figure, but I think he's so interesting because as most of you know, a lot of celebrities, tech giants, they're left leaning, they're Democrats. That's totally cool. That's fine. But in 2022, he proudly stated, I am voting Republican from here on out. Mm -hmm. And he's been on Joe Rogan, who's known for uh, conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. So he's just a wild card. Mm -hmm. You don't know what he's going to tweet or X next. (laughs) You don't know who he's going to vote for or what he's going to do. And it's just fascinating. So, I mean, that ties into him buying Twitter. And so he did that back in January 2022, began buying Twitter shares. He quickly became the company's largest shareholder with a 9.1% stake. Okay, he was the largest at 9.1%. So that's how, like, because Twitter is publicly traded. Some of you listening may own Twitter. 
And so Musk made an offer to buy Twitter on April 14th, 2022, made the offer to buy for $54.20 per share in an all-cash deal, so $44 billion. Twitter's board of directors initially resisted his offer, but then eventually agreed to sell the company to him on October 27th, 2022. So at this point, he has not even owned it for a year, Mm -hmm. and he's been making some drastic changes. Oh, indeed. Yeah, no question. Yeah, so uh, Musk takes Twitter private on October 27th, 2022. Twitter was officially taken private by Elon Musk. The company's shares were delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. So sorry, you can't own Twitter anymore. You can't buy them. Nope. Musk plans to make Twitter a more open platform. He's said that his plans to make Twitter a more open platform for free speech. Mm-hmm. He's also said that he wants to make the platform more transparent and accountable. And so I think this is with a lot of the backlash of, you know, people should be able to put what they want to put out there and that maybe things were getting censored. We all can remember um, a certain notable individual who was kicked off of Twitter for saying a lot of stuff. And so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what was behind a lot of this. Well, basically, the the arguments go something like this. Uh, You know, you've got the people that think that Twitter was restricting speech and that it was it was wrong to restrict people's speech and therefore what Musk is doing because they believe that he'll make it a more open and uh, free place for speech. And then you've got the people that are like, yeah, but the speech was being restricted because it was harmful. It was spreading misinformation. It was abusive in some instances. You know, people were just downright mean. And if you let that all come back, then it's going to turn into a horrible, horrible place. So those are basically the two sides of the argument. I don't really have a dog in this hunt because, as I've mentioned before, I'm not really on Twitter, but I have heard that it's a, a horrible cesspool, basically. <laughs> it is. And on the previous episode, I mentioned that was one of my top social media networks. Mm-hmm. But when it went into decline, when Elon bought it, mm-hmm. Zuckerberg launched Threads. Mm-hmm. I jumped on Threads. It was exciting and thriving for a week. Uh, people were ditching like crazy. And then I got bored with threads. <laughs> and because of that, I have not been on Twitter or threads in like a month. I still, to this day, check threads more often than I ever checked Twitter. Like I've, I've never I have, been on threads. Threads has been out for however long it's been out now, maybe a month. And I have already checked threads more in the last month than I probably checked Twitter since I joined it in 2009. You know, and I guess maybe I was able to sort of curate exactly what I wanted my threads to have. And so I selected people to follow. I follow Reuters and stuff like that, you know, news sources and 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 so forth. So I'm still hoping that maybe Threads catches on. It had a blistering first week. I mean, people joining in the millions every day. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it's interesting that the diversion of Threads when I left Twitter caused me to leave both of them. <laughs> now, uh, apparently, there's another app out there that is going to give Threads and Twitter or X We should call it X, people. That's the name that it wants to go by. Threads or X is going to get a little run for their money from the Chinese company that owns TikTok because they're coming out with a text-based sort of microblogging, I think, microblogging. I'm not sure about that part, but text-based information service to compete with Threads and, and X. Okay, so what is the impact of good old Elon taking over Twitter? (laughs) 
I think the ultimate impact has yet to be determined. And I think it really does depend on who you talk to and who you ask. There are a lot of people who are saying that he's ruined it, that it's going down the drain, that it's going to fail any day. You know, my take on that is that the people that are saying that are, for the most part, rooting for it to fail, either based on their politics versus Elon's politics or just based on Elon went out and spent all this money on something he didn't need to spend a whole bunch of money on or whatever. But they're they're genuinely like out there hoping that it goes down in a blaze of glory. And then you got people, obviously, that project based on Elon's previous business successes that he will actually make a success of this as well and that it will thrive and so forth moving forward. When Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, like mm. the OG owner, like a year or so ago when he started censoring people and Elon is like, I'll buy it for this much. Didn't Elon back out of that deal and then it became a legal issue? Yeah, he tried to. And he, then he's like, okay, great. I guess yeah. I do have to buy it. He made an offer to buy. He, uh, with a corporation like Twitter, he, he, he had been accumulating stock mm -hmm. in Twitter and then decided to, to make a, a basically a takeover bid. The board did initially vote no or say no to him, but eventually they consented to the purchase. I guess in the big boy world, I mean, meaning like big companies, you can't just place a bid and back out like there are legal ramifications to that well i mean it, it depends on how far along in the process you've gone i guess I mean, it was far know. enough because i remember yeah. he was going to have to owe yeah. a lot of money they were gonna they out. were yeah if he backed out they were gonna sue him so for, that probably means contracts had already been signed yeah. some kind of paper something some something had been done if he if he had just put on twitter for yeah. instance yeah. like i'll buy you for this much and they had been like sold that's not gonna be binding yeah. um but he was far enough along that they definitely had an argument for it being binding and so he ended up ultimately having to to go through with the purchase. Put your money where your mouth is. And so now we shall see, I guess, where it goes and how it does and how it works and if it can succeed. But there are definitely some some factors that will affect X's success moving forward, such as... Uh, the changes to the content moderation. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that changes and could this lead to an increase in hate speech and misinformation and other harmful content on the platform? Of course, I think that's an issue across all social medias of trying to filter out misinformation and um, like clickbait stuff. And mm -hmm. too many people are just reading headlines. And when you've got something like Twitter that is just a short amount of characters, then, I mean, that's that's a form of marketing and everything of like, what little bit can you get to pique somebody's interest? Mm -hmm. And do too many people just take that for what the word is and not actually open an article and see like what it's actually about? Yeah. Changes to the user experience, proposed numbers of changes, such as adding an edit button, making the platform more difficult for bots to use. These changes can make Twitter or X more user friendly and less spammy, but they could also lead to new problems such as the spread of misinformation. Obviously, I know all of us are kind of sick of the bots and all of those things. And Yeah. If I'm being honest, I'm going to show my ignorance a little bit here. I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about when they talk about bots and what bots do if somebody would like to to it's, illuminate me on that i haven't ever seen it really on twitter but i'm not on x that much but like mm. we have a business page for pickler companies yeah. and there's a lot of bots or spam on there and that's people that look like it's an, a person a real person and they're really they're spreading an agenda or they're wanting you to go to their link which is actually like 
a porn site. So or... basically, it's just somebody has set up an automated system to make posts as though yes. they're a user. I and... don't know why they exist, but the perfect place to find them is go to any ESPN post on Twitter, Instagram, and the first thousand comments will be bots. Mm. And like Katie said, it could be everything from spicy sites to just... I guess it's all about like click revenue. Mm -hmm. That's mm. why these bots are set up so people will click on them and then mm. get revenue. You'll see it on like a celebrity will post something or somebody will post, you know, something and all these people will be commenting like, oh, you know, praying for you or this is great or whatever. And then there'll just be some random Joe that's like, hey, I earned $60 sitting on my couch. And we're like, who the heck are yeah. you, Joe? And why yeah. are you coming into this post that makes no sense for you to be talking about making $60 sitting on your couch? You know, I guess maybe it's just a little bit too much of me being soaked in this this idea of the matrix. But anytime anybody ever says bots, I just picture like some <laughs> giant computer out there glowing green with all these little tiny spiders crawling all over it. And those are the bots. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's weird. nanobots. Yeah, I mean, it's like it weird, be. creepy stuff. Bots are also like kind of what when somebody's Facebook gets hacked or their things get hacked and they're sending you a message that looks like you. And that's where you have issues where some of our more vulnerable, whether it's older, younger, whoever it is, get misled into thinking this is something, you know, they need to click on. I know one of my little cousins got a Facebook message from my dad saying this whole tragic story and said he really needed her to send him $50. And she did. Oh, no. And we had to explain to her, honey, <laughs> Uncle David's not going to call you or message you when he needs $50. Cool, cool Dave is good, <laughs> baby girl. He's good. Uh, Amazon.com says a bot is an automated software application that performs repetitive tasks over a network and it follows specific instructions to imitate human behavior, but is faster and more accurate. For instance, ticket websites and stuff okay. have to try and protect against bots getting the, all of the tickets and so forth, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like when you do those like voting things and stuff like that, you have to watch out for the bots that are able to like go in there and just vote for things. Okay, so it's going to change user uh, experience. And then one, there's something about the check mark that happened at first. Oh, yeah. Like you know, real celebrities weren't able to get their own check mark or something. Yeah, basically, Elon made it to where you have to pay for the check mark. Mm -hmm. You know, all these celebrities that, and, and news organizations, brands, they had earned it over years. There was a process, an application, and it was rigorous. Are you legit? Do you have a big enough following to earn a check mark? And all that went out the window when Elon's like, we're going to make money by charging for the blue check mark. Anybody could basically pay money to get the yeah. blue check mark on what was essentially a fake account. It so made they, it worthless. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, well, I feel like you know this more than I do. What's the new Sex in the City show? Oh. Just um, like that. Ju and just like that. I saw on, there was a couple episodes where Charlotte's talking about the blue check marks and that she's, you know, oh, I got a blue check mark for this place. Because now that's like bleeding into other social medias as yeah. well. Okay. Impact on society is another way. So must takeover of Twitter X on society is still unclear. Some people believe that it could lead to a more open and free exchange of ideas, while others are concerned that it could spread to misinformation and hate speech. Again, every single one of these points goes back to the misinformation and hate speech. It's too early to say what the long-term impact of his takeover will be, but it's sure going to be a significant one. If nothing else, everything Elon does is significant and has a big impact. 
one way or the other. Yeah, earlier I mentioned how he has declared himself Republican. Mm-hmm. And I think when he took over and made it X, there was that large uh, group of right-wing, QAnon, MAGA. I'm not saying they're all the same, but that big grouping of people hoping this would be the new... Have you all heard of Parler, the social yeah. media app? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's free speech, but that group I just labeled, that's kind of like their hangout. They can say whatever they want and there's no repercussions. I think they were kind of hoping Elon would make X mm-hmm. that. People are going to find ways to say what they want to say and to a degree, everybody should be able to speak their mind, say what they want to say, and we need to be able to appropriately argue and have, you know, both sides heard and then come to conclusions on believing what it is and what, what you want to believe in. But that goes to a whole ripple effect of, I don't agree with these people that, especially around election season, they'll delete somebody who doesn't believe in the same thing as them. And it's like, I very much open the idea. I want to hear the arguments on both sides. And I don't think that the average person is one way or the other. Although there are some that are very much like they live and breathe different elements of it. On any of my social medias, uh, I've never blocked anybody, but I've sure as fire deleted some people that I thought didn't have enough brains to rub stones together. I mean, (laughs) you know, I will not tolerate stupidity. Uh, That just bugs me. But everybody has a right to their opinion everybody also has a right to be wrong so you know go and exercise your right with the dawn of social media with something like this then people's opinions are out there so much more but also their past selves because it's like stuff that they tweeted or put on their facebook back in yeah oh nine when it first came out are being drug out versus you know before all of this there was no documentation Mm -hmm. of any of that and so it's kind of miley cyrus's new song out there is all about yeah i wore that stuff i was wild that was also back when i was young Mm -hmm. Like, we've all done stupid stuff like that. Side note to Miley, you know, how many child stars have we seen go through exactly what she went through, where basically they play a clean-cut, cute, sweet kid on some TV show and they're a big star, but when that TV show ends, they want to sort of break out of that perception of themselves and so they do a lot of wild and crazy things listen i've watched i've watched a lot of miley cyrus like when i go down rabbit holes on youtube and she's she is um as an adult has done some some really impressive things and has a much broader spectrum of musical tastes and and abilities than i would have expected somebody like her to have i enjoy Um, miley's voice i think she's got a cool sound that nobody else has yeah but back to elon yeah Yeah. (laughs) indeed (laughs) We were talking about there can be two sides. You definitely don't want to shut down people being able to debate legitimately debatable topics, right? You don't you don't want to live in an echo chamber where all you're hearing is people that reaffirm your personal beliefs. If the topic is debatable, you want to be able to hear all sides and, and judge. But uh, you also don't want to be in a bullying situation because yeah. I've definitely seen that. I mean, not everything has to be a fight. Mm -hmm. And you can just say like, hey, you have misinformation. I think you need to check on this and not be like, you're a dumb person. Well, like just being insulting. And that's what I think social media, you talk about how people are so confident behind a keyboard or behind their phone, and they can say all this stuff. And and I've had this happen. I've had some friends of mine I know that can spout all this stuff on social media, but then when you get them person to person and then bring it up, they don't want to talk about it. They are silent because they don't have that screen to hide behind. The phrase used to be Facebook brave, but, you know, it it could just as easily apply to X or something else. Basically, this idea that 
especially if you're anonymous, but even if you're not anonymous, if you're just behind a screen and interacting with people who you don't necessarily know, then it's it's real easy to sort of be a jerk, for want of a better way to put it. But also, a lot of people that have arguments online have the resources of the internet right there to back them up with whatever side it is they're taking. So they can Google something and then write it out on, in a comment or in a tweet or an X or a post or whatever as though it were their own thought verbatim for whatever they found on the internet. But if you try and talk to them in person, they don't have that resource right in front of them that they can use to make an argument. So all they can do is say, well, this is just what I think. This is just what I believe. And I don't have to tell you why. This is what I believe. It's unfortunate because you you sort of uh, having the skill to actually have an intelligent conversation with people and not have it devolve into a screaming match or a name calling fest or what we would call uh, an ad hominem attack uh, where you're basically attacking a person's argument based on that person rather than based on the value of their argument. Katie says, uh, I believe that The Mandalorian is the greatest iteration of Star Wars content ever. And my response to her is not a, a reasoned explanation of why it's actually the book of Boba Fett. Uh, based on directorial value, story writing, and so forth. Instead, I just say, well, yeah, but Katie, you're stupid and ugly to boot, and uh, therefore you're wrong. That's the kind of stuff that we don't necessarily need. But as long as we could continue to have conversations where people are actually sharing legitimate side-based arguments, then you should be able to do that, right? Sure. Regardless, we're going to have to see what unfolds here. Nobody really knows what holds for X and what Elon's taking over. But I think the whole overarching thing is anything that Elon does, he's really going to, it's going to be fascinating to see. He really is a huge player in what is happening today with our economy and with our future, because he is very involved in all these different elements from Tesla to X to um, SpaceX, all of this stuff. And he's going to continue to evolve just as Apple evolved many, many years ago from what they were. And now you see that they're everywhere. I really feel like Tesla or Elon and whatever he wants to brand it as, he's going to keep evolving in many different directions. And so whether you like the guy for his post X's tweets, whatever it is, he's somebody that needs to be watched and is relevant in what's happening for the future. I don't know how alike Elon Musk and Steve Jobs are or were or however that that sentence should be structured. But, you know, one thing that they definitely have in common is the fact that they are both or were both or Steve Jobs was, and Elon Musk still is, I guess is the best way to put it, disruptors, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and that idea that, they, that they're going to shake up an industry. And certainly Elon managed to do something to the car industry that the last time it was tried with a significant push was, y'all may or may not remember when Saturn released an electric car, you know, two decades ago, or maybe even more than two decades ago. And uh, ultimately, the car was very popular among those people who adopted it, but it didn't succeed. And then 20 years later, you know, Elon Musk comes along and he 
releases another electric car and this time it works. So what was it that he did differently? You know, how was it that he attacked the market and changed the way the cars were marketed? He changed things up for the market, for the industry, and they weren't able to edge him out the way they edged out the last time an electric car maker right. hit the scene. Yeah, you know, I guess is all I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, just to wrap this up, Court, you said like disruptors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is definitely something that I don't think a lot of people realize, but that's just kind of something that tends to happen when you look at companies or individuals that really kind of change the path. And I don't know, you see that in pop culture movies. It's like, okay, Neo, you were talking about the Matrix earlier. It's like, do you choose the red or the blue pill? Whichever one you choose sends you down a certain path. And so can y'all think about the fact that it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have phones in our hands at all times. They were in your car. Yeah. Um, they were landlines and how drastically different so much has been. Same with AI. AI is coming in full force. It's been around for a long time, but that is kind of a disruptor in the fact that you've got to make sure you jump on that bandwagon, embrace it and see how you can implement it into what you're currently doing Versus if you don't kind of embrace it, you could be left in the dust. I think we are in an an era of unprecedented change for sure. And you do have to sort of be able to adapt it for your benefit and for the, the benefit of your company and for the benefit of your undertakings. Or you potentially could figuratively die on the vine. Isn't there an expression like adapt or die, something like that? Charles Darwin. We are seeing uh, new things come every single day. It seems like they're just happening faster and faster. Is what it is. (laughs) And Elon's right there in the room where it's happening. (laughs) Indeed, yes. What's a good bullseye that we could put right smack dab in the middle of Elon's forehead? Just a big old bullseye. An X. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) X does mark the spot. I'm I'm all about disruptors. Like I think that's cool, but it also drives me bananas how these moguls, these tech moguls, don't live in reality. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I just feel like Elon needs a good slap to the face. Yeah, you know, one thing that I didn't say <laughs> like earlier, naming his child that that's not reality. It's just not. You're absolutely right. Attitudes do change towards certain things. I remember when when movie stars first started naming their kids weird names. It was like, oh, that's Apple. weird. That's stupid. Why are you naming your kid Apple? Or why are you naming your kid? What's his name? Nicolas Cage named his kid Kal-El after, after Superman because he was a big Superman fan. And you're like, really? You're going to do that? But... I mean, it is so much more prevalent and basically accepted these days that you don't know where where attitudes are going to go. Obviously, there are people that are very resistant to some kinds of changes now, and not every new thing is going to be accepted as a change going forward that we will just deal with, but a lot of it will. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have no problem with you slapping Elon in the face if that's how you feel. You His know. child's name is X. And then some kind of of figure, it's like A and E mixed together, and then A hyphen XII. And he says the AE symbol is Ash. So the child's name is X Ash A12. Hmm. That's not a name. Well, but he's definitely, from a branding perspective, Kim, you've got to give it to him. Because he's staying on brand with X. When he got Twitter, he created the X Corp, and then... In March 2023, he founded XAI, and so his kids X. So he is just, like, staying on brand with everything. As chief branding officer, I do appreciate the continuity, but he still needs to be slapped, and that's my bullseye.
But do y'all get a little Lex Luthor vibes with the X? Yeah, going on? I mean, um, listen, I'm I'm all about any sort of comic book reference ever. I'm always going to enjoy and appreciate that. I can be down with the fact that Elon Musk is Lex Luthor. I'm happy with that. Musk, oh, this is interesting. Musk officially announced the formation of XAI on July 12, 2023. The date 7 plus 12 plus 23 equals 42 was chosen as a reference to the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Which is perfect. And, you know, back to our book episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, if you haven't read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I highly recommend it. Douglas Adams is uh, unfortunately now deceased, so he will never write any more stories, but he was a brilliant comedic author. And his stuff, uh, I think, holds up to this day. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> This AI company is capable of advanced mathematical reasoning, something not found in current models. I wish that I could say that I was intelligent enough to even understand the equations that go up on those chalkboards and stuff when, when mathematicians are doing proofs, but I have no idea what's going on there. I'm just like, yep, them is some smart people. Moving on. So what Elon does and what Will Hunting did and Good Will Hunting, you know, that, that stuff is just way beyond me. So I'm glad there are people out there that can do it. Obviously, it probably benefits us. That's great. That's my bullseye. Boom. I think that's my second bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> There's been lots Double of Double bull bullseye. Double bullseye. Here's some of Elon's most memorable quotes. Number one, I think it's important to have a somewhat open mind and think about what you could do if you weren't limited by the way things are today. I think that's a beautiful one. It's kind of that whole, well, that's just the way we've always done it. If you weren't limited by the way things are today, what could you accomplish? And then he goes on to say in another quote, failure is an option here. If things are not failing, you are not innovating enough. And I think it's kind of a twist on another expression that I've heard where if you're not failing, then you're not trying. Uh, next quote, I, I think the biggest mistake people make is that they try to optimize for money. Money is a byproduct. It's not the goal. And then there is, I don't think it's a good idea to plan your life like a video game. You don't want to get stuck in a rut. I think the future is very bright. I think we're going to see some amazing things in the next few decades. That one, you know, I don't really know that that's necessarily a great Elon quote. That's just sort of his opinion. Future is bright. Got to wear shades. But... There you go. There are some thoughts from the man from Elon Musk, a man of, of many contradictions, but um, obviously he definitely is as brilliant as far as engineering is concerned. He's definitely got an entrepreneurial spirit, and I think it would be safe to say, I don't think I'm like speaking out of turn to say that he's also a bit of a, a, a loose cannon. Nobody really knows which way he's going to go off next. So definitely made some questionable decisions. Whether or not the whole Twitter thing, X thing will work out for him in the long run, I don't know. But it's fun certainly to watch. So there you go. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast delivered directly to your listening device every single Thursday. 
at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, and Cameron, please feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. We've got some bios over there. You can also drop a comment, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, or you can suggest a uh, guest if there's somebody you'd like us to have on. Um, if you like pictures, uh, we have an Instagram handle that is at bullcastpodcast, and our X handle is at bullcastpodcast as well. We also have a Facebook page, Bullcast the Podcast, and we have mentioned many times that we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you would like to find out more about us, more about what we do or what we can do for you, more about the amazing team that we work with and more about our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to succeed. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we out. We out.